Tonight we will examine concepts that may challenge your perception of the world around you. Strange creatures, chilling tales, and the occasional conspiracy. Here on our show, we will attempt to provide you with paranormal insight. Welcome, everyone, to the show. Tonight we have, ladies and gentlemen, Vicki Franklin and her dad, Ken Franklin. Let's go over who you guys are Mm -hmm. and uh, what you do. Okay. Well. What you did. (laughs) I'm Vicki. I was on a TV show about 15 years ago called Psychic Kids. Um, I wrote into the show myself. And they responded back and they started, they started really quickly. They pretty much, they sent out a producer and um, she came and filmed at our house for about two days. And we, they sent us to Boston for this show. Yeah. Yeah, Really, really quick and easy, but uh, actually she didn't tell us any of this stuff that was happening. And so I received a cold call in the middle of the afternoon um, asking, uh, hey, can we have your daughter on a TV show uh, that she she asked to be on? Dogs are destroying things in the background. Ah, gotcha. Okay. (laughs) And so I said, "Um, okay. And uh, so that's kind of how we first connected with them. And then, like she said, they sent a producer out and they did videoing and and she's had lots of adventures after that so it it really all started though because we saw this show psychic kids and they said do you know a psychic child and i thought well i know a psychic child i am a psychic child right and um they had asked what my experience my experiences were and why they why they thought that i would be a good match for the show and I told them, you know, some creepy stories from when I was about three or four years old and just went from there. Okay. And well, okay. It, let's, let's go back to Psychic Kids real quick and what it was. It was a TV show hosted by Chip Coffee, who was a well-known psychic. Uh, is yeah, well-known. Yeah. He's still around, right? Yeah, he still does all kinds of stuff. He's doing... Um, he's doing some other shows i think for travel channel currently i know he was on a show with josh gates okay um went really well and we've been to one of his seminars and it was great um the person that we ended up that ended up being my mentor for the show was chris fleming okay so uh chip okay i'm sorry chris was your primary on that show i can't remember if he was actually in the episode or not yeah. He was, yes. Yeah. Okay. So he... Chip, Chip was not in the episode. But Chip, Chris... well, he kind of did the narration or the in- general intros first, right? No? No. He, um, so for the second season, the first season, it was all Chip. Okay. Um, second season is when they brought in, I think it was Chip, Chris, and I think another psychic that they had, that they were using as a mentor. Um, okay. So Chris, 
I thought I was, I thought originally it was going to be Chip, but right. Chris was a pleasant surprise. He was great and very helpful too. Okay. Um, and I'm still in contact with him as well. Excellent. That's fantastic. I'm glad you guys kept in touch. It's good to hear. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So um, let's, let's briefly step back. Vicky's a psychic and Ken's the dad. <laughs> yes, I can do that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, does dad have any psychic abilities? None. Mom, yes. Okay. Brother, yes. Dad, absolutely zilch. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so there's so the initial call to dad was because of an age check because you were like 15 16 at the time yeah i was um i think i was 15 when i wrote in i think by the time we started filming i was 16 gotcha uh when they called me back i was the first kid that they ever wanted to come back which was you know really nice that's always nice yeah so i was also on the third season so i did um (laughs) season two i believe i was the last episode And then season three, I think I was the first episode. No, it's the other way. Around. Or it was the other yeah, way yeah. around. She was, she was the debut show for the second season, and she, their swan song on the third. Season. <laughs> At least you were there to say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> the, so the second okay. time, I didn't need dad with me because no, he was. was yeah, I was eighteen. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> you write the show, and the show calls you back, and you they say yes to you because. Why? Give me some some specifics. What'd you tell them? All right. So when I wrote in, I explained to them one of my, I think one of my creepier stories was when I was about three years old, I asked my mom if I could have the big girl bed that was in my room. And she asked me, and because I had a toddler bed, and she asked me, what big girl bed do you have in your room? And I said, the one with the sunflower quilt. And she, you know, said, oh, okay. And that was the end of that until a few years later, she said, you know, you really scared me with that. I asked her why. And she said, when they were viewing the house, the bedroom that I was in was a sewing room and had a little day bed in it that had a sunflower quilt. Ah, <laughs> Neat. He wasn't bored yet. No, I wasn't bored yet. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. You looked into mom's mind. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. Okay. I don't even remember it uh, exactly where, how I thought. I don't know if it was a dream or if I just had an image in my head of what the room looked like. Um, a lot of my abilities stem from seeing things that I've never seen before in the sense that. Um, things that used to be where I am now gotcha. or that kind of, that kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> she, she apparently remembers uh, trips to Disneyland that uh, she was never on. <laughs> what, was she in the womb at the time or? He has the, oh, remember when we did this and we're going, Vicki, you weren't, you weren't with us then. <laughs> <laughs> was that from, she was remembering things her mom saw? Um, who knows? Who okay. knows what she? It, it's stuff. It's it would be stuff that was so obscure, it wouldn't be something like we took pictures of it and showed it to her, gotcha. or like that. Strange experiences that you know, incidental things that we would have happen to us. She'd have a memory of. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she wasn't there. 
like like she wasn't born yet wasn't there That's a re- you know initially we're going oh yeah that was when we did this and this and this and then we think about it for a little bit like well she wasn't there how did she know? <laughs> and when you say wasn't there just to confirm she hadn't been born yet yes <laughs> so if, know, if it's not precognition it's Post-cognition? <laughs> well, post-cognition would be, yeah, that's interesting. Pre-pre-cognition, I don't know. Uh, see the future. No, no. No, it's like no. you're seeing through someone else's eyes and recollecting another person's past in your brain. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then when I was younger, I, I did see spirits. I wasn't sure what they were. Um, my, my mind at the time kind of decided that it was just Peter Pan. Um, because I was seeing shadows in my room, oh, and, you know, little, okay. little bodies moving around my bedroom, um, which incidentally ended up being the same thing that my brother had described to my parents when he was younger as well. Wow. Little shadow people. And what? hold um, on, let me pause. Let me time out you right there. Little shadow people. What are we talking about? Three foot high, two foot high. Oh, I'd say about three or four. Okay. Feet. Yeah. Just jamming around. And, yeah okay and i never really thought anything of it i just decided it was peter pan and mom told me you can say hi to them and if you don't want them there you just tell them i don't want you here right now and they go away okay um so that was pretty much the beginning of it um i would i would get overwhelming feelings in certain parts of the house i would in the hallway in front of my bedroom i would i would get very very sad all of a sudden and i told my mom about this and i said i feel like i feel like there was a boy that was a teenager and i feel like he's really really sad and unbeknownst to me at the time the previous owners their son had passed away in a drowning at um i think his high school senior party oh wow and so mom had told me about that and I could agree with her that it really just felt like it felt like grief and grieving in that section of the house. And there were other parts of the house that I just didn't like going to, gotcha. um, whether they were spirits of somebody that had passed away or just residual feelings, um, or something else entirely. I think there are some things out there that aren't, I, I wouldn't. I don't want to say that they're not human, but they're not human, and they're just kind of. Sometimes they're just awful, mm-hmm. awful feelings, awful, just awfulness. Right. Um, and I would get that feeling around the house as well, and so it was a it was a very interesting emotional time growing up for me. <laughs> but yeah, so as a child, really, I was just very sensitive. I didn't. Uh, our family is very spiritual in general so it was never really a oh you're a special kid kind of a thing it was just oh that's that's just normal that's okay you're just having special feelings today though gotcha okay let me let me stop you there too ken so you're involved with a woman who was psychic did you know this from the jump when you first got into the Uh, relationship not really not really uh it's it's just normal stuff like, you know, you have a, uh, a feeling somebody's going to call and, and she calls. And, and my wife and I have a really tight connection that way. And, okay. And talk about Vicky, she calls, that kind of <laughs> stuff. But that is the type of thing we expected 
we we would have you know when Bernice and I were just you know starting out, uh, we never thought uh, the kids were going to be strange. Yeah. <laughs> for, for example, the way that they found out that my mom was pregnant with me was my brother came up to my mom, I guess, in the middle of the night and said, Mommy, there's there's a person standing in your tummy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How old was he then? Uh, he was he probably was six. about six or something. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Person Impressive. standing in your tummy. And we thought... That's kind of odd. That's okay. yeah. But she knew, I mean, she knew she was pregnant, but he, he didn't. Know gotcha. He, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let me, yeah, let me... That and, but nothing really, you know, oh my gosh, I've got a psychic child until we got the calls. <laughs> and, the calls? Uh, well, yeah, from the producer. Oh, and, okay. Gotcha. And, gotcha. Okay. So oh. I had to do her audition tape right. and all that stuff. Oh, right on. And you have a background in film. We should say, sort of, yeah, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> so I had to make sure, <laughs> yeah. So this is my perspective from this stuff. We had the producer come, uh, came, and was going to do uh, the videos of her for that you see at the beginning of the show of her <laughs> playing with the dog and walking around and stuff. And um, when she came over, the first thing she said uh, when she went into Vicky's room was, "Oh my God." You've got all the lighting and sound stuff that I need. I never see that when I go anywhere. <laughs> you were ready, Ken. Yes, I was ready. <laughs> so we, we already have a background in the creepy because he does special effects makeup for horror films. And right. We've done a couple of music videos or commercials here or there. Um, and of course, we do the haunted houses. Yes, um, that's awesome. That's where we know each other from. Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So we have a history together with Stuart, who was on the show last week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we. Uh, I started with Gyros back in, I guess it was 92 or 91 or 92. No, not 91. 92 well, or was... 3, I don't know. It, it, it You're remembering his thoughts again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then we hooked up with uh, you guys and, and uh, Stuart and all that uh later and then i saw your podcast and i said hey you'll be interested in this in this <laughs> yeah well i was aware of vicky's abilities uh only like i started doing this the uh, paranormal investigation in 09 and it was oh, wow. yeah and i had didn't even know about vicky or her abilities until until we started hanging out more i think because I, yeah. I said oh I do that too. <laughs> not, yeah. not the psychic yeah. stuff, but, and that was like 2014, 2015, something like that. Well, yeah. Back in early Goblin Glen days. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it was earlier than that. Okay. And we, and we tried, you know, the ghost hunting and all that stuff, but it's really never worked I out am, to be your I thing. am the equipment. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, you am, equipment. I am the equipment. <laughs> um, let me let yeah. me tread back here real quick. So, yeah. Ken, you you have your wife who has psychic abilities, your children who have psychic abilities. When you're raising a kid with these abilities, is it different than say some mundane child out there? Not nothing against my mundane audience. I'm just saying. Well, in in hindsight, I can remember things that. Uh, they're more sensitive to, you know, they wouldn't like to go places. They would like to go other places. They'd have, 
strange yeah. uh, panic sort of attacks when they're in some place. And, you know, we couldn't attribute that to anything other than, you know, the, just kids, you know, being, being a little, you know, yeah. uh, unusual, sometimes unpredictable. Okay. And uh, so you can associate some stuff that we can remember with possibly being tied to that sensitivity. Yeah. And I remember being younger and um, older buildings. I had a hard time with older buildings sometimes um, because I would get feelings of what did the, what this looked like? Where, who was here? What happened here? Uh, um, the good and the bad. Okay. Um, so, you know, doing the ghost walks, like we went to San Francisco and we did one of the haunted San Francisco tours and that was great. But there were some buildings that I just didn't want to go anywhere near. Just the overwhelming feelings of awful that came off of some of those buildings. Gotcha. San Francisco in general is a pretty hard um, place for me. My only guess on that would be perhaps because of the earthquake. Um, the big, big one, one, the 1906 one. Yeah. Right. And and the 89 one, too. That was pretty horrific. Yeah. And you know the whole Manson thing, and you know that's that true. Kind that's of true. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, just to shift it a little bit, getting back to the um, uh, the psychic kids thing, it wasn't just you know a reality show for her. I mean, that was a great opportunity. We had a great time and all that on it. But with Chris's help, she had a chance to talk with people and kids her own age that were sensitive also. And this was like one of the first shows where they had teens on it. Mm -hmm. They always had kids, really, really young kids on it. So this was the first where they paired up a, car a pair of uh, teenagers. Yeah. And they taught them how to use this skill, how to call it up, how to be aware of it and not scared of it. And, you know, that's what this whole show was about. I mean, that, I was a little worried of it being a reality show, you know, how they fake stuff on the reality oh yeah the yeah and this one was it was good i mean it was everything you see happened and uh none of it was prepped none of it was uh set up in any way and uh, uh it was uh, it was a kind of a perspective change changer for me because i total skeptic of all of this stuff i just that's the way wait hold on you're a skeptic of all this and you had a oh, psychic yeah, family yeah, you know, I come from a science background, and so okay. everything I have to have it proven. And I can keep an open mind and everything, and and, and all of you think, well, I don't know, this looks like drama to me, and and you know, okay, okay, stuff you can't prove, and all this. I'm I'm with you. Thing. Go ahead. Um, then sitting back and watching this one and her partner on there and Chris, uh, I mean, they they took the parents away, and we were just kind of in the backgrounds and, and all we weren't with them when they did their little spooky ventures and things. <laughs> and, um, but we, in some cases were on, uh, you know, headsets and things and oh. watching it that way and all. Uh, and it was all real. I mean, it was all happening. Uh, none of it was faked. And, yeah. uh, uh, that impressed me. And what impressed me more was as a skeptic, the stuff they didn't show. Because, uh, you know, they, they show the things that, that, that really stand out, or, you know, are watchable to a Joe Average viewer. Right. But when you're sitting around a room and you're listening to a, um, 
what do they call them? Uh, I don't know what it was or called. Whatever. It, it's, it's like a radio feedback. It goes through yeah, different radio it, channels. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, it's Spirit Box. Spirit Box. Yeah. Chris, Chris was um, using that, and he wasn't getting the responses he was expecting to hear uh, based on the this story they were trying to solve. And um, so he stopped at one point and he said, I've got to do some, some tests to see if there's really anything, you know, listening to us. And so he puts this thing out in the middle of the room and he says, um, if there's anybody listening, please name the people in this room. Now I couldn't name the people in the room. I mean, I knew the kids and I knew Chris, but there's, there's, uh, there was a guest psychic there and, and some other people. And I can't believe it. I mean, I'm standing right there. And these voices came out of the box and named off every single person in that room. Crazy. And slowly yeah. in different voices each time. And the last one was hilarious because, well, it said, it said Ken, you know, there's a very short thing you could hear. But the, um, the, her partner is Travis, and uh, it didn't come across as Travis. It came across in two voices, Travis. <laughs> and, and we're all just kind of like, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and that, was, that was, yeah, that was something that kind of just opened my eyes to, okay, maybe something's going on here. Because nobody's sitting there, you know, twiddling with this thing. It's just sitting out in the middle of the room. Gotcha. Well, and... The other thing for him too was that we've got producers all around the room surrounding Travis and Chris and I sitting at a table and we're in a historic building and um, they're saying, all right, now, you know, just first words that come into your head, first words that pop up, let us know. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to think of names and I'm, I'm putting out names and I'm putting out scenarios of what different rooms in the building might've been used as. And you look over at the producers and they have a clipboard with you know the history of the building and they're looking they're looking at us and they're looking at the other producers going oh whoa <laughs> check check <laughs> check <laughs> right down down the line it's not often that you get to freak out the people that are right. working on the actual show that are you know supposed to be used to this um they even had, uh, they didn't put this on TV, but they had me do a reading on, on Chris. And I told him, well, I don't know, because I don't know with what I'm saying, if this is, you know, accurate or not. And he said, well, I'll tell you if it's accurate, but I'm not going to give you any hints um, about my life or anything. And so I just started talking about his childhood and he's, blown away i can't repeat half of it because I, I don't think it's stuff that he wants out there but he was blown away and he was asking questions about his parents and i was able to i told him that for one of his parents an impression that i got was that um there was this book this very important book that seemed like maybe the only book on the bookshelf and it seemed you know small mundane but told him there's a red book on this bookshelf and this is the color blanket that's on the chair with your parent and he said yeah yeah the only book the only book <laughs> <laughs> that's but, awesome. we did that again when when um 
after the show, you, I don't know, we'll talk about it probably in a little bit, uh, when uh, she started helping out the police department. I do yeah. want to talk and, about uh, the police department. We'll do that in the next segment. Let me talk to you about, I had a psychic experience about 2009. Um, and it was basically a prelude to me actually doing this work as a paranormal investigator. And I've told the other listeners about this, uh, where I was put into a trance-like state, and uh, basically it was for me to confront my fear of spirits because I thought they could all be standing there with axes in their head, dripping blood, classic yeah. horror movie stuff, right? At the end of that session, I uh, were out in a wooded area in a backyard um, or some acreage or something, and I see a sp- the first spirit I've seen since I was three years old. And it's it's a human outline, and it's peeking around a bush. Never mind, I can see its full form even through the bush. And it's filled, it's got like a white outline. It's fuzzy, like a Gaussian blur, if you prefer, Ken, that's for you. Uh, <laughs> and it's filled with like a staticky TV snow kind of a vibe. And it wasn't scary at all. And it threw rocks at me. I, you know, I'm so pleased that you describe it that way because a lot of people, I think, get this weird idea of what a ghost would look like, and perhaps it's different for everybody. But for well, that me, was yeah, that's exactly what I was going into. It's like, what do you see? Have you seen the spooky yeah. horror ghost, or do you see what I see? Never seen a spooky horror ghost. Never seen a guy standing in my window with an axe. Yes, <laughs> good, um, <laughs> good. However, I, you know, I have seen some full formed ones that I didn't know that they were ghosts at the time. I was very young at the time um, when I had seen that. However, when I, when I got older, the way that I see them now is the way you've described it. And I think of it kind of like when you look into the sun and that sunspot that you get behind your eyes afterwards, that kind of ultraviolet-y yeah. kind of light, um, I get that but as an outline. Or oh, interesting. Like, not even quite a glow or anything, but almost like, almost like that. Like a camera flashes in your eye, and what's left over. I see them like that, but in a in a shape, or almost sometimes a little bit staticky. But depending on who it is, it can be pretty bright or not. Um, so yeah. that's how I've always seen them, and or is just a shadow in general. I've seen the shadow once on a case, and uh, it was not a pleasant shadow, (laughs) just so you know. (laughs) That's that's the interesting thing, too, because as I got older and I heard other people's experiences, nobody's had a good experience with the shadow. (laughs) That's what was running around my room when I was a kid. So, you know, maybe that was a good thing, but I've never had a a bad experience. That's good with any shadows. Um, I did get an ominous feeling one time when I was younger. Uh, I was probably about six years old and I woke up suddenly and I sat up and I thought I was dreaming, but there was a big shadow at the foot of my bed and it wasn't even a human shape or anything. It was um, almost like, just like not an arch. Yeah. Like an arch, just a rounded thing standing at the, bed i felt like i was being looked at but there were no eyes or anything a doll like was at the end of your bed i'm kidding yeah exactly well i thought there were goblins under my bed for sure 
but um, I, you know, I pulled the, the blanket up and I tried to see, you know, maybe, maybe if I do this and I pull my blanket back, it'll go away. And I did that and it didn't go away and it oh. didn't do it. Just standing there. And then about two seconds later, an earthquake hit. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. So that, that was my only real experience with like a, a big shadowy thing. Gotcha. And I've never really been able to figure that one out at all. Sounds um, like an omen to me. Yeah. Um, Mothman. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it was. I didn't, I didn't have anybody that was a spirit type relative at the time that would have would have been there later when my grandma passed away i would see her all the time oh wow um, her uh that wasn't abnormal for me but but yeah the shadow thing was was weird hmm. gotcha they the uh um you uh ken mentioned in the background mothman that's where i want to take vicky next <laughs> to <Yeah>. virginia <laughs> You know, I've crocheted so many Mothmen at this point that I feel really <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> okay. No, that's one that, that's a story that creeps me, creeps me out, too. It's a freaky the, story, like, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the movie does a really good job of depicting all that stuff, I think. If you ever yeah. seen the Mothman prophecies? I haven't, but I've watched a lot of like different documentaries where they've interviewed some of the witnesses and they all have such similar eyewitness views of, you know, the woman on the, who was driving on the bridge or was about to drive on the bridge and saw this thing there. And she wasn't the only one. Yep. It's like, Whoa. <laughs> that's crazy. Isn't no, it? Thank you. <laughs> Here's a quick word from our sponsors. The Seekers of California for Ethereal Research and Investigation. We investigate hauntings, cryptids, UFOs, and offer cleansing and clearing. Don't get scared. Call Scary. Serving the greater San Jose area and beyond. Call us at 408-320-8467. That's 408-320-8467. Scary Paranormal Investigations. And now, back to the show. So let's talk about the, um, the, uh, your help in the, with the local police service. Yeah. So basically what happened was on the TV show, they had us working on a missing persons case that was already uh, pretty much a cold, a cold case um, that we got to experience working with a private investigator and we we got some pretty cool information out of that um when the tv show came out it caught the attention of a local police department and the sergeant gave me a call or he reached out to the private investigator actually and he reached out to me and said hey can you give this guy a call and i did and um sergeant asked if i would like to come in sometime and you know work on uh, an old or sorry, first it was a, um, he, he asked if I wanted to come in and work on a current missing persons case. Um, current as in like a day before current. Very fresh. Um, wow. And I said, yes. And he said, what do you need from me? And I said, just a picture and a name. That's it. So he sent that information over using basically what I had learned from Chris, which is 
no matter how stupid it sounds, write it down, whatever you're thinking, write it down. And so I started writing down some random, some real random words. Didn't make sense to me. And I just assumed, well, hopefully it'll make sense to somebody else. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and so I just, I went with it. I filled out a whole page of words. I sent the picture to the sergeant and he said, I'm going to call you back. Oh, okay. And I thought, okie dokie then. <laughs> I did and uh, an hour later he said all right so i'm on so-and-so street which was one of the random names that i had thrown out on there he said i'm on so-and-so street i went to the first greenhouse which i had written down and i i talked to the the woman that answered the door and her name was was a name that i had written down and wow she said her husband works for the school, which is something that I had written down. <laughs> wow. Check, check, check. <laughs> yeah, check, check, check. And it's all in order, too. Oh, man. And I'm talking to her. Yeah, her husband works for the school. And he had seen her talking to so-and-so at school. And so we've got, we're going to bring in that kid and see if she knows anything. Okay. So I'm at home just absolutely chuffed that I've done something correctly and that something made sense to somebody else. And he, he called me back the next day and said, all right, so we've, you know, interviewed a few other people. Um, what else, what else can you, we talk about? And also, is it okay if I come pick you up and we do a little drive, drive around? And I said, sure. Can my dad come? And he said, of course. So well, he asked how much I wanted to be paid. And I said, well, I like cheeseburgers. So <laughs> well, as long as you feed me, well, yeah. I'm good to go. And that's um, awesome. <laughs> so he came and he picked us up and we got to drive around the area. And he's like, okay, now you direct me. Just tell me where to go and I'll go there. And I said, okay, so I'm directing him. I'm awful at directions. I don't know where we are. I've never ventured this far. Yeah, I've never ventured far into, into this town. And and so I'm just telling him, you know, okay, well, I'll I'll get my feelings for this, or maybe I'm making this up. I don't know. And then suddenly I point at a house and I go, that house. Something about that house is related to this case. And he goes, stone face. All right. And we drive away and we get back to the station. Or no, sorry, we, we get back to... Don't forget the guy standing meet, in the driveway. Yes, there was a guy standing in the driveway glaring at us. Of that and, house, the one you pointed to? Yeah. And um, so we, we, we actually end up reconvening at a Starbucks. And he says, so I need to tell you something. That was her house. Ooh. Yes. The missing, <laughs> the missing girl's house? Yes. Okay. And I said, oh... Okay. And after seeing the house and getting a few more impressions off of that, I was able to tell you she's not dead. This is not, this is not a case of somebody being murdered. This is somebody that has left on of her own free will, but is no longer being, no longer, yes, (laughs) it's no longer a safe situation. Um, I gave him a couple of other impressions that I had gotten, um, about where she might be. And I tried to kind of use the, the feelings that I would get where I could can, you know, kind of get an impression of where somebody is and kind of see 
their surroundings. Um, all I could see was a haze and a green carpet and that's it. And that was weird for me because normally I can see, oh, I'm sitting in a house and there's this many windows and this is what the floor and the ceiling and everything looks like. Um, but all I could get was that there was a green carpet and huh. the word Cisco kept coming up over and over again in my Cisco. head. Cisco. Well, Cisco, like the computer company. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So okay. I didn't know this at the time, um, but apparently Cisco is a really cheap alcohol, alcoholic beverage that you can get at the liquor store. Gotcha. And um, yeah, so uh, the sergeant was able to, he, he told me that and I was like, oh, I, maybe she's drunk. I don't know. Um, so I told him, you know, I don't think she's dead. And I think that she's not in a safe situation, but I do think that she'll come home in probably about three days. She'll probably reach out on her own and come home. Uh, three days later, I got a call and he said, yep, she reached out. She was staying at a woman's shelter and we went and picked her up. Oh, at a woman's shelter. What was going on at the house? So she had left school one day, basically, went off with some guy that she met and he took her off about maybe three hours away. No, he and... took her to Culver City. Golly, that's far from... She forgot a detail that... that... I remember as an adult because she would describe a, a, a point of, in traveling that she thought that the girl had gone through and it matched the road between the Bay Area and uh, 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 Morro Bay. Oh. Some road there. She described that perfectly. So the impression I got was that they had gone south, but there were no other clues. It just sounded like that. Then when this part where she had said the uh, uh, she was going to call back because everybody was getting concerned. It's a couple, a few days had gone by and uh, they asked her if she had any other impressions about what was where she was. And that's when she said, don't worry about it. She's going to call you. And sure enough, within a day, she did call and she was in Culver City. And so they went down and yeah. picked her up. I think that's okay to say she was in Culver City. That's yeah. <laughs> No, but that's that's impressive, though. I mean, you, you picked up a landmark yes, on the way south, which is I, nice. I was able to tell them. Obviously, I didn't know. I said there's a building called the Goose something. Or the, the, what? Something. the what? The what? Yeah, that's right. The, swan. the Goose or yeah. the Swan? Oh, I Goose, Goose. Okay, got gotcha. you. Yeah, and it turned out the woman's shelter she was staying at was called, I think, the Swan. And gotcha. um, so she comes home safe and sound. Uh, then they asked me if I wanted to continue working with them nice. on cold cases. And I said, sure. Um, More cheeseburgers for you. Yeah. I got, well, that's exactly what I got out of it, too. I got in and out and there was another great place over there. And they gave her stickers. They that gave, was the oh, most important. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I got hats and a water bottle. <laughs> oh. All kinds of police swag. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> She's a cheap date. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you could have oh. taken the city for a few uh, for a few dollars, there, I think. But <laughs> I that's okay. Yeah. You're a good person. <laughs> it's, it's interesting too. Well, I I refuse to charge money for anything mm -hmm. that has to do with this because to me it's not an exact science. I don't know what I'm if I'm telling you something correctly or not. Right. Um. And I'm not going to tell you. Oh, there's there's this mean spirit, and if you give me four hundred dollars, I'll get rid of it for you. Um, 
yeah, if anybody ever says that to you, run away. But um, <laughs> uh, working with the police department was was great. Um, when I first met everybody in the in the investigation investigation unit, um, they were all great. They, you know, they were all a little bit skeptical. Okay, um, okay, we that was my question to you. <laughs> exactly. We were sitting around at the Starbucks and. And the sergeant said, sorry about, you know, so-and-so he's not going to be here. And he's a huge skeptic. He doesn't believe in any of this. And I, and I just got this impression in my head and I said, oh, the guy with the injured leg, he's back at the office with his leg propped up right now. And I hadn't been to the office at this point. And he just looked at me wide eyed and went on his phone and started texting immediately and said, you need to get over here right now. And a few minutes later, this, you know, giant man walks into Starbucks with a limp and uh, he said, so I heard that you, uh, I heard you knew about my leg injury. Tell me what the inside of my house looks like. And I described to him in detail what his house looked like. And uh, <laughs> so you two green armchairs in your living room. And he said, everybody has two green armchairs in their living room. <laughs> right. And he asked me what kind of dogs he had. And, you know, this is a guy that stereotypically you'd think he'd have some like German shepherds or some like, you know, big dogs. And right. I said, I think you have Pomeranians. <laughs> and he said, yeah. <laughs> from that moment on, he was sold and he was asking, you know. Yeah, we did another drive. <laughs> we did, did a couple of drives around with him. And nice. Because he, he was a whole different perspective too, because he had previously worked on a gang unit. Oh. So they, at one point, they had actually handed me a binder full of mugshots and said, go nuts. <laughs> and not really, but they were like, all right, well, you know, we've got a few things going on. And these are a few, you know, suspects we've been looking at. And it was a big binder full of them. And I'm going through and I point at one and I say, this guy. And I use, I think I use the term creeper or something like that. Yeah, I said, he's a real creeper or something. Or something. Like and they're like, oh okay and they take the biker away and they go off and they do some you know typing real quick and they're like so there's a guy that's been tagging and where he's suspected for assault and mm. that you know that word matched him it matched what he was what tag- he was what yeah. the person was tagging yeah and now they have somebody to go check and see yeah <laughs> so he was putting creepers as tag yeah. yeah. Oh, like that. crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. They were just looking for leads to start investigating because they had uh, uh, lots of dead cases, dead ends. Oh, and they had, what was yeah. I thought was the most hilarious thing is when um, they, she said that uh, she, she had uh, told one of the detectives that this, this one associate, uh, one friend of the girl that was missing knew more than she was telling oh. and she just wasn't talking they went out and they picked her up and they took her into an interrogation room and he stuck his head out and he says we made her cry <laughs> and, and well, anyhow he goes back in there to interrogate her and the other two detectives in the office we're sitting here and it's it's dead quiet and they go reach under their desk, both of them at the same time, reach under their desk and pull out these white banker boxes. And both of them, no, me first, me first. And they shove them in front of her and they're all their cold cases. Uh-huh. <laughs> fix mine, fix mine. <laughs> what about yeah. this one? What about this one? Oh, I, I, I have to look at a few of those. And there's 
there were quite a few cold cases that I got to, you know, take a, a little gander at. And hopefully, I don't know if anything that I that I was able to tell them was anything helpful or something that they didn't know because I they I told them specifically, don't give me too much information because I don't want to come up with things on my own. Like I don't want to project. Right. Um, I want this all to be natural. I want this to, you know, come from whatever super brain powers I have. Um, <laughs> and, you know, one of them I was, I was looking at and I told them, you know, did this guy have a caretaker? And they said, yeah, he did. <laughs> I said, well, I'll, I can picture his, his military ring. And have you seen if perhaps the caretaker might have, have stolen this military ring because I told them I didn't get a great impression off of that case with with something along those lines and he said oh and you know he went off and started doing looking into that as well um but then they gave me probably the case that I wanted that that I really stuck with was another it was a cold case from the 80s and it was a three-year-old child who the mom had been brutally raped oh. and left for dead. And when she woke up, her three-year-old son wasn't there anymore. Oh, geez. And so I, and when paper charts moved to digital and between all of that, and because of the time, um, his whole case was, gone they couldn't find the officers in the 80s did not file the paperwork correctly wow, or yeah. any investigations that was, they did yeah and, wow um and it was it was really bad uh they found some random pictures at the precinct they found some random pictures and they said we think these are part of we think these are part of this case. Can you look at them and tell us, you know, what what you think? And I told them, yes, this Whoa, is they, definitely. And they found body parts, and they never, they didn't write where they went. Yeah. Um, it was it was very frustrating for me coming from the analytical side because they brought out this folder, and here's a picture of a child a skull. child skull sitting on a garden table in the back of somebody's house that Jesus. they found. Uh, we recognized the area that it was found in, and it was a poor family. And then, you know, this, the, this, the missing kid was a poor uh, a child of a poor family. And they found all these bones out in that same area. And they, they said, well, this could be part of that, that uh, investigation, but we don't know because nobody marked anything. They just treated it like mm -hmm. there was nothing. Wow. And um, so I took the pictures and, I did the forensics on them. Really? I uh, determined, well, I, I showed them why the pictures of the bones were just animal bones. Yeah, some they of them were, were just raccoons. They were raccoons and yeah. things like that. They had claws and stuff that, well, obviously not uh, human, but the skull was definitely human. And yeah. so uh, I, I did what I could do about identifying whether it was an adult or a female or whatever, because it's a really old picture. But best we could do is we could figure that it was a, a child skull of about that age yeah and they were very appreciative that we just did, went that far with it you know no credentials or anything i could tell them why this is the way it is 
and um, and it's a cold case, so they're not yeah. getting any funding or anything from from the state or or anything to push this further. Um, Crazy. So this is more of a passion project for them to gotcha. solve this, this crime. Um, I I ended up getting to meet the mom who had moved moved away to like Missouri, I think, and she came and she met me and oh. I talked to her a little bit and she was very appreciative that any that people were still thinking of her son. Um, I think as a as a psychic, I think that that's the biggest impact that we can make on people is uh, remembering people that are gone and giving them making them real. <laughs> well, giving a crap. So, I mean, giving exactly. And, um, you she know, didn't get any closure really, but she didn't, she not much, but you know what looking. they did a few, not too long ago, they did arrest a guy mm -hmm. for a, a serial killer that Ooh. was in the area around the time. And his MO did match pretty yeah. closely and to his what description they matched, which she yeah. described. And, uh, but you know, they couldn't really put, Two and two together. Because they don't have the physical evidence. Wow. Because and they didn't, man. the tops in the eighties. And they didn't have what was it? Uh, some sort of legal reason they could not take DNA from him. Yeah. And if they had, it would have taken months because it's not an active case. And they, you know, there are all these little bureaucratic things that they couldn't link him to it. But they're pretty sure he's a really uh, high possibility. Yeah. So that. I mean, that's one of the things that in jail, it'll, so yeah, it'll stick, it'll, it'll stick with me forever. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, after that, they, they sent me a few little things here and there. And then I started working full time and I stopped being able to help out as much. But she's <laughs> working just only goes so far. Yeah. <laughs> in touch with the, uh, some, some of, of the, them. Yeah. Some of the detectives. Oh, that's and good. All great. And they're all very passionate about, you know, helping people. And I really appreciate that about them specifically. Yeah. But um, yeah, so working on a missing persons case was, it was a uh, huge for me. We'll have more with Vicki and Ken Franklin on the next episode of Paranormal Insight. Thank you for watching and listening. Please click the subscribe button and activate notifications for future episodes and other content. On Spotify, please don't forget to leave us a 5-star review. If you have a paranormal experience that you would like to discuss on the show, please email us at paranormal.insight.podcast at gmail.com. That's paranormal.insight.podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram under paranormal.insight.podcast.com.